0: Welcome back to Left Anchor. I'm Alexi the Greek.
1: And I'm Ryan Cooper. Uh, We've got a, a, a special on the news guest today, Doug Henwood. Doug Henwood is... A writer, broadcaster, you know, sort of, uh, you know, editor at large of of socialism generally, uh, you know, (laughs) in the social media personnel. Yeah. He he's got a great, um, you know, longstanding sort of radio esque publication in the Left Business Observer. And I think most importantly, a book called Wall Street, which you can go. uh, We'll throw a link in the description and read for free. And it's a great sort of introductory finance textbook, uh, I might call it, uh, maybe somewhat out of date, but, but it, you know, it was, I don't know, what was that like 20 something years ago, Doug? Um,
2: yeah, the paperback came out in 97. Yeah. Um, and I would say that the institutional details is, have changed, but the politics and economics are a little changed.
1: It gets the main points, you know, because uh, all the, we'll talk a lot about a, the, the all the complicated mechanisms and stuff, and the mechanisms change. But, like, the, the overall sort of system is largely the same as it was back then. Um, and so, yeah, welcome, Doug. We want to have you on for a long time.
0: Thanks for having me. So it's a real pleasure. It's been I, a, well, a busy week for me. Yeah, I, I bet. No, I bet. You yeah, know, we really appreciate you taking the time, given all the appearances I'm sure you're being asked to make. I, I just want to add before we get going that I, I've always respected you, especially because there are many people who, who want uh, full communism like we do. Um, but, but there are so many that can't balance that without, you know, haranguing AOC just because she happened to win elective office. And so like, thre- oh, you know what I mean? Like threading the needle of, of, of having the theoretical vision, um, but still understanding that politics need to be done and it's not just performance. I really appreciate you for that.
2: Oh, thank you. You know, it's just hard to get all that shit balanced. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's
0: true. It is. It is
1: a constant struggle. But but the reason we wanted to have you on was Game Stonk. Uh the Game Stock, <laughs> uh, uh story, which has kind of dominated the news cycle for the last, I mean, what is it, two weeks now? Um, and so, you know, maybe... Can you start us off here? I mean, I, I I suspect you know if my conversations with my friends and family are are any uh, indication, a lot of sort of average people don't have any idea how this kind of stuff works. And so, you know, the the this all started with um, a bunch of. I mean, apparently it started. You know, we don't really sort of have a, a confirmation of that, but. A bunch of people on Reddit identifying some exposed short sellers in the GameStop stock. And so can you explain like what that what that uh, means and what the sort of objective was in the first instance in the initial sort of story?
2: Now I want to preface this by saying whenever I start describing the uh the arcane uh aspects of finance uh people um, who are not familiar with it often sound um, this is crazy, this can't be real, this is surreal, this is insane and you know as you learn more about it, maybe you might lose that perception, but I think it's very important never to lose hold of that original reaction because it is crazy it's insane it's a ridiculous way to run an economy and the uh, the uh, the control the social system you know property all that stuff that comes a lot of, in which the financial markets play play a very large role. It's crazy. Okay. Um that said, um I guess the story starts last summer. Uh when uh, GameStop was perceived by most people as a dying um brick and mortar retailer, um it it was you know even before COVID, uh people were not Going to the mall and buying uh, their video games. I know nothing about video games, so I'm the last guy who can talk about that part of it. But you know, it's becoming a, an online world. And GameStop was running this uh, very large brick-and-mortar operation, so it's perceived as you know, in, in the words of a Wallace Stevens' poem, "On the Way to the Bus." And um, <laughs> then, sometime I think it was in August, a uh, a, a guy Who made a lot of money from founding Chewy, the pet food merchant, mm. uh, the online pet food merchant, uh, started accumulating shares in it uh, and uh, wanted to displace the CEO and get some seats in the board. And he was going to bring um, GameStop into the 21st century. Uh, so then people started uh, picking up some, you know, the, the stock started picking up some buyers and uh, bullish enthusiasm started to rise. Uh, but then there were some spo- uh, skeptics around this. Um, a lot of uh, Wall Street professionals had hedge fund guys said, this uh, tale of GameStop's revival is overdone, so they started shorting the stock. Now, shorting is one of those things that people find inco- possible, impossible to comprehend. Um, so, the easiest way to describe it is that you're betting that the stock is going to decline, uh, or any other asset. You can short gold, you can short bonds, you can short any speculative asset um, if you can find somebody willing to participate. Uh, uh, but if you, the only way you can sell something in most people's way of thinking, is if you own it, but not on Wall Street. You can borrow it from somebody else and sell it. Um and that is all done through uh, you know the markets through computers. So people don't really have to go look for somebody to lend it to them, but that's what uh, fundamentally what is happening is that you're borrowing the shares from someone else who owns it and they make uh, they they earn some interest on on the loan like any other loan. Uh but the danger of this is that your losses are potentially infinite. So when if you buy a stock for $50, you know, the uh the maximum loss you can suffer is $50. If you were short a stock at 50 and the stock goes to 100 or 150 or 200, you know, it can just uh, your losses are 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 limitless potentially.
1: Yeah, because just so, to drill down on this point, you got to buy that stock back and return it to the person who actually owns it, right? That Yes, yeah, that, that was
2: that was my next yeah, point. Okay. Yeah. Um so, you know, if the stock goes down, what you do is buy it back. Uh that's called covering the short. Um, if it, but if it goes against you, um, you know you're going to either have to buy it back, or your broker is going to demand collateral. As as you get more and more exposed, the broker is going to demand more and more collateral. Um, so. These folks on that Reddit board uh, got a list somewhere. I think there's some index that Goldman Sachs put together of uh, uh, stocks with very high short interest, as is is the term. Uh, GameStop was uh, there, um, as was AMC, the the movie theater chain, and Tootsie Roll, weirdly, another one. (laughs) so um yeah I think the fact that there was no good no normal Halloween really was damaging <laughs> to Rolls. so you yeah. know um but anyway um the, the GameStop attracted a lot of the action so these um Reddit uh I call them kids but who knows who they were really um went crazy and started accumulating um buying the uh the GameStops stock and all these shorts uh allegedly started panicking and having to cover their losses and uh one hedge fund in particular Melvin uh, capital management run by a guy named Plotkin, I can't remember his first name, who, um, you know, he had just bought two beachfront condos in Miami Beach for like $45 million last year. So, you know, he's uh, had a few billion dollars into management. He's doing pretty well for himself. But then uh, these, uh, he'd... Um, the, the rise in the GameStop shock, uh, stock um, caused him to uh, uh, generate large losses because uh, he was short and uh, his hedge fund ended up, I think, down 50% in the month of January because of this. Um, and so th- this created this just frenzy in GameStop. Uh, the stock went from, you know, virtually nothing to, I think, a peak of over $400 uh, a few days ago. Uh, as we're speaking, it just closed down about to about 90. So it had a very bad day uh, on, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, but this is to be expected. But anyway, this attracted a lot of attention, not just um, because it created some financial turmoil. It didn't recreate that much financial turmoil. This is a pretty small stock. It was just one hedge fund. It's not like systemically important in any particular way. But it acquired this populist narrative where the Reddit guys were going to be doing great damage to these rich hedge fund characters. uh, And it was the revenge of all the people who've been screwed by Wall Street for at least since the financial crisis, but, you know, since time. Immemorial, really. Uh, and uh, this was a, a perceived as some kind of populist rebellion against Wall Street insiders. Now, there are several problems with narr- this narrative. One is that Robin Hood, uh, the broker that a lot of them use, um, feeds their trades through uh, Citadel, which is uh, uh, a branch of or a descendant of uh, a, a rich hedge fund guy's uh, securities firm, um, um, uh, Ken Griffin and uh Citadel's been making a lot of money on all these trades. Uh other hedge funds had positions in GameStop where they, were, they 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 owned the stock uh and made a lot of money on it. Um, the uh um, and then the, the uh, some of the other stocks they're going after like AMC um uh similar story. Uh people thought it was doomed because of the pandemic meant people weren't going to movie theaters anymore. Um, the uh the private equity firm Silver Lake based in LA ended up um, uh, making a lot of money um, because uh, a m c sold some stock and uh, uh, um, and uh, um, uh, um, uh, Silver Lake had a position in the stock that enabled them to uh, make a lot of money on the deal so it 's not clear that they were generating any net losses for wall street It's just causing trouble in one or two hedge funds um, but this narrative that it somehow was a, a populist rebellion um, really took off and uh, just mystified me and amused me. I mean, everything about this was ridiculous <laughs> because you, you on the one hand, you have these Wall Street people saying, oh, this is unfair. You know, these guys are getting together and trying to screw us. When in fact, Wall Street does that sort of thing all the time. But on the other hand, the idea that these guys were some sort of, you know, disreputable revolutionaries, or they like to call themselves degenerates,
0: they just <laughs> wanted to be... Um, you know they wanted they want to be a piece of the action too. Yeah, that's
2: right. They were they you know they wanted to be have their piece on those too.
0: To me, this is the interesting thing, and and I guess what one other part of the story is that Robin Robin Hood stopped allowing the 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 you know average Joe stock buyer to participate and just kind of stopped uh, allowing trades right on GameStop. Isn't that isn't that part of the the, the frustration as well? It
2: is, and this also uh, got uh, folded into the the revolutionary narrative, um, but. Uh, Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they were trying to protect the hedge fund guys. But on the other hand, um a lot of people were buying stock and uh, it takes a day or two to settle a stock trade, which means that uh Robin Hood was on the hook for uh whatever um stock these guys were buying. So if they couldn't pay for it, and there's good reason to believe a lot of these guys couldn't pay for it, um, uh, you know, Robin would have been um rendered bankrupt. And they were getting um all kinds of demands from the clearinghouse, um that, that were all where all these stock trades get Buyers and sellers get matched, uh, and so they had to come up with like two billion dollars. They managed to raise the money, um, but uh, yeah, th- there's a good reason they were stopping the trade um, because they're they're just nervous about their own solvency, understandably.
1: Yeah the the <clears throat> I've I've seen a number of articles about the DTCC, Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, and it's it's like a sort of like I guess quasi regulatory private company. Um, you know, I've heard of this before, but I haven't really looked into it. I mean, can you tell us how that like what they were the ones that were specifically telling Robinhood, if I'm not mistaken, and not just Robinhood, like every retail brokerage and app that that does the same type of thing, they were saying, you need to post a lot more collateral for these type of trades. And that was that was I mean, according to, you know, the uh the reporting i've seen on this it, it, i mean you it could have been some kind of backroom thing that nobody heard about at the same time but uh the, they were saying you need to post a lot more collateral for these particular stocks and so the apps said okay you can't buy these anymore because it's we're going to lose our shirts if we keep if we keep like doing these transactions so d- like can you explain to us what the dtcc does and and why they were they were telling uh, Robinhood and others that they that they, that they needed to like come up with more money.
2: Yeah, um, you know, if you buy or sell a stock, it seems transparent to you. It shows up in your account or disappears from your account, and uh, you don't really think about what happens behind the scenes. But you know, for every buyer, there has to be a seller, and vice versa. And DTCC is the one that aligns those. They put they match the buyers and sellers, and something like ninety nine percent of the trades uh, on the stock market are clear through DTCC. So, uh, yeah, they're the ones who are saying, um, you got to put us more money uh, because we don't want to be on the hook for this. You don't want to be on the hook for this. And we need to uh, make sure that uh, nobody goes uh, – loses their shirts because of, of of this frenzied trading in a stock that really doesn't matter at all in the scheme of things. Um, so, it's just – it's everybody – they are being cautious. There was nothing I – don't, I don't think – well, we'll find out. There's going to be like a lot of investigations, you know, congressional, journalistic. I'm sure people will write books on this. You know, we're to learn a lot in the coming months, but uh, – there, I, as far as I can tell, there's nothing conspiratorial or underhanded about it. It was just uh, everybody protecting their shirts.
0: You know, I, I, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah.
1: Oh, I just want to say that like the most convincing like uh, evidence of that is, you know, like Robin Hood would have done anything to not do that, I think. You know that it, it they got a hundred thousand one star reviews or something like that in the, in the course of like a couple of hours on Google Play. I mean, a lot of those were were deleted, but like their customer base was demanding, you know, the ability to like trade this stock and to set to tell them, uh, we you know you can't do it because of complicated reasons we didn't tell you about in the first place when you signed up for the app. Um, that that's terrible for their business, and so I think they wouldn't have done that unless it was, you know, sort of under some sort of duress. And if, and if, you know, they're exposing themselves to some sort of like class action exposure and like there comes to be a lawsuit. And if it turns out that it's like some backroom deal, that could, that could ruin them as well. And so it seems like the most plausible explanation is, you know, the, 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 the plumbing of the financial system, you know, those, the people that that run that were saying no, no, no. You know, we're. I mean, t- to be specific about this, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like the basic worry is, you buy a stock at four hundred dollars, and then and then it's like a T plus two settlement standard two days later. Uh, And then in two days, if there's extreme volatility, the stock could drop to $20. And you think that actually people won't be able to come up with the cash because perhaps they bankrupted themselves uh, uh, betting on this stock. And so that's why the sort of central mechanical um, players like the DTCC will say, hang on, you know, like this is getting weird. We don't want to have a piece of it. And it's not that like, I mean, I want to return to this point, but it's it's not that necessarily that someone like made some calls in the back room and was, and was like, get you know, get those Reddit sons of bitches. What well, they're beating the hedge funds. It's more just like the system didn't uh, is not allowed to to like uh, facilitate this kind of behavior because it's too risky, and so like it's going to be structurally prevented, and.
2: Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is completely correct. And, uh, you know, maybe there was some, you know, secret phone calls, and maybe there was some, um, um, you know, uh, conspiring going on. But in fact, um, we're we're talking about one or two hedge funds. They're like one or two hedge funds, you know, like, it's not like, and other hedge funds don't care, you know, some of them were making money off the, the deals. So it's not like, um, like I said before, it's not like this is systemically important anyway. It's not like when Lehman Brothers went down. Uh, Lehman Brothers is at the heart of the financial system. This is just some, you know, one hedge fund and one crappy stock, you know, and like it, 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 to make um, some kind of world historical uh, story out of this is really uh, getting ahead of yourself.
0: But I think this is why it's a problem for the left that we have to reckon with theoretically because you know, I have a lot of students who are interested in this, really interested in this. And and these are the same students that want to make money off of Bitcoin. and And at the same time, both this and Bitcoin for them seem very political and revolutionary. And I, I try to explain to them what what you were just talking about, which is the actual structural problems that won't be affected and and that can't be helped in the revolution by these kinds of tactics. But it seems like the subject formation under capitalism is these young people have been formed to be good at social media, to be astute, maybe to be on Reddit, to know about like, you know, uh, certain things before other people know them. And also to think politically at the same time as they think, well, can I get mine? Right. And so, so they're thinking it's, it's radical because they think I can make money while screwing over this hedge fund instead of thinking, what about the collective? What about the system? How can we take that down? And so that seems to be this kind of problem for young people, especially, but they're our future about the ways in which they, they, they think. Uh, political action is related to their own profiting and to these kind of hip things that they know about. Well, so what's your take on how we can understand how to kind of, uh, educate and shape differently, uh, the meaning of what, what true political transformation should look like?
2: Well, yeah, that stuff is hard though. You know, it takes a lot of time. It takes organizing. It's not fun. Um, whereas, you know, if you're in your, oh, and, Robinhood, uh, the app was structured like I, I haven't seen it, but what I've read, it's structured like a video game that uh, yep. provides all these, you know, visual uh, feedbacks and funny noises and things like that to, yeah. to encourage people just to, to get more deeply in it. You know, it's the same way uh, casinos are designed by uh, clever psychologists to uh, encourage people to separate themselves from their money, uh, and Robinhood is doing the same thing. So it's just this, this a system of um, very short-term rewards that uh, um, yeah. that that gets the uh, the adrenaline flowing, but but But, you know, to think about politics, to think about finance, I'm sure a lot of these people have no idea what this whole financial structure is all about, right? On the other hand, you know, there are stories too that maybe some of the – there are actually some hedge fund guys disguised as Redditors uh, tricking these guys into um, Mm. buying stock from them (laughs) and unloading it, um, they're unsuspecting. Um, But yeah, you you just have to do all the hard work of explaining this stuff and that's boring. Um, So, you know, it's much more fun to think you're going to bring down the evil um, fat cats, although they're not fat anymore, um, uh, (laughs) by – You know, three, three year trading and it's just nonsensical. But it also reminds me back in the late nineties when we had that great bubble, the dot com bubble, um, which in many ways was much more fun than this current bubble. (laughs) Um, uh, well, you know, there are two reasons for that. One is actually most people were doing fairly well in the late nineties. Every part of the income distribution saw rising wages for about five, six years. Uh, and there was a much broader kind of prosperity and joined with that was this kind of Pervasive optimism about the internet, and the technological revolution. And a lot of that was nonsense, of course. But on the other hand, you know, there's enough grounding in reality that there was, that, that there is something to that bubble in a way that the bubble that we've seen, um, well, really since the end of the financial crisis, but particularly the, the post COVID bubble that, that came after that initial sell off in March is just so utterly divorced from reality that, um, you know, it's really hard to, um, get anything very exciting. Can we talk but about back that? in the nineties, But I just want to finish this point. Back in the 90s, you had people who thought they could quit their jobs and become day traders and make money in the stock market. No, you can't do that. Very few people can do that. Um, And we've seen, I think, a a, a relapse of that kind of thinking that, oh, yeah, this is like money, free money, Uh, whether it's (laughs) Bitcoin or Tesla or GameStop. No, it's not. You're going to lose your shirt. The public almost always loses.
0: That 's right, no, in fact, I, I was quite young at the time, but I entered the stock market for the first and only time about a month before the the two thousand bubble like <laughs> burst, so I had like I had like an amazing four weeks and then lost everything. <laughs> um But, but like if I was wealthy enough at the time, I wasn't, but if I had just held on to it, Amazon was part of what I bought, right? Like Apple was part of what I bought A- and that was 20 some odd years ago. So, so, but in any case, it, it it's all gambling. Yeah, I well, tell my students, it's all gambling. You'd and, be retired you know. by now if you'd hold on <laughs> exactly, you to food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't
1: have to be podcasting with us <laughs> goofball. <laughs> oh, Ryan,
0: I, I would do this for free, which is basically <laughs> what we're doing. So in any case, uh, no, I, I want, I wanted to ask you, Doug, uh, just because you mentioned the bubble during the pandemic especially can you explain to people how it's possible or why it is that the stock market has done so well while everyone has suffered so much during the pandemic like how does that correlation work
2: uh, well it's it's a good question um, and uh, I, I- For a long period of time, Wall Street has been assuming, "Oh, the recovery is just around the corner." So that's the fundamental explanation. Once we get over this patch of a few months, where you know of of mass death, um, everything will turn out all right, uh, sooner or later, Um, and. There's like a rolling three or six month window that just keeps getting pressed ahead where um uh you know that's when everything's going to be all right three or six months from now and so far <laughs> it hasn't worked out quite that way but you know maybe everybody will get vaccinated and everything will go back to normal by um, the fall or something but so that's the fundamental explanation of this but the the, the major thing that's been driving it is a mass uh, a massive amount of liquidity thrown into the system by uh the federal reserve uh they only get did it over the course of several months. It's not continuous. But uh, in the middle of last year, basically, they, they pumped about $3 trillion into the financial system with money created out of thin air. And uh, that has been uh, very good for the financial markets, uh, created a great uh, uh, feeling of optimism about the future um, when all that free money is sloshing around. Um, and I saw one paper, though, that um, explained uh, it in part by uh, saying it wasn't just the injection of money, but the constant reassurances from the Federal Reserve that they would not let things go. South, that if anything started looking rocky, they'd move in and set, throw in a few trillion more dollars. Um, so it's, um, you know, they, they Wall Street has a very, very nice public safety net. Now, in defense of the Federal Reserve, um, they're trying to do what they can to keep things from falling to pieces. And, uh, uh, you know, the fiscal stimulus, which would be much more effective, much more equitable. Um, we had one – the CARES Act was actually quite good. It um, was a large stimulus but also provided a lot of income to people who needed it. Um, the, the second round we saw at the end of last year was not very much. Um, and, you know, if we get another – 1.9 trillion that that Biden wants that would be um, help a lot of people, um, but that's what we really needed that kind of fiscal action and all these uh, financial actions the money pumping by the Federal Reserve can save the financial system. But you know, going into the, the, it's not this is not a financial crisis the way the 2008 one was. This is not banks that are insolvent. This is not the freezing up of of interbank transactions. And all those things that made um, 2008 so memorable. Um, it's just uh, the fact that uh, we have a lot of illness and people can't go to work and people can't do normal things uh and uh just pumping a lot of money into the system you know can't really un- address that underlying problem in the way it can uh, address a financial crisis
1: do you do you think that um in, in the pinch in in like 2020 early 2020 of uh, the the fed was sort of just following the 2008 playbook as if it was a, a financial crisis as it, rather than cuz it seemed to me like like there were, there like stocks started de- declining and they just sort of panicked and it was just there there's a phrase for that right the greenspan put that oh yeah that uh you know it's like like there the stocks can't go too bad because the fed will step in and bail you out basically or bail like the entire system out Um, but like,
2: yeah, that got going after the 1987 crash. And, uh, this is kind of the first of these, um, um, big federal reserve rescue operations in modern times. Uh, Greenspan released a statement, uh, that said something like, you know, the federal reserve consistent with its responsibilities will provide all the necessary liquidity. And the market said, Oh, okay. Everything's all right. And, uh, within a matter of months, it was, it was all right. You know, it was back to the races again. Uh, but to be fair again to the Federal Reserve, which, you know, it is. Uh, it is an institution of the bourgeoisie, but as being an institution of the bourgeoisie, it is one of the few remaining institutions in the society that is actually run by intelligent people uh, <laughs> True. Who, who know what they're doing. And um, Jerome Powell, the chair of the Fed, has been saying all along, you know, we need help for people. This is like an unemployment crisis. People are suffering. Uh, We need relief. And he was very explicit about, you know, this is not a problem that the Federal Reserve can solve. Um, But and, you know, um, Bernanke thought the same thing during the 2008 crisis. A friend of mine who worked at a hedge fund, of all things, said that uh, some friend of Bernanke's, uh, a former Fed governor, came around, uh, briefed them and said that Bernanke wouldn't say this publicly. But uh, we needed a big fiscal package. Uh, and it wasn't enough, uh, what we were getting. And the Federal Reserve was doing all it could, um, but it was really not its territory. It was not the, uh, it's, it's, its kind of it, – the mechanisms the Fed uses were not what uh, the economy needed at that point. Um, but uh, Bernanke was too polite to say that publicly. And uh, I think Powell has been a little more um, indiscreet about saying that publicly. But um, I think they understand that uh, this is not the kind of uh, uh, thing uh, – this, this is not the kind of crisis that – that printing money is going to cure. It can mitigate it, but it can't cure it.
1: it uh, I, w- I will say, I mean, it seems like a question of not, not exactly printing money per se, but who is getting the printed money? Um, I, I wrote an article many years ago, basically copy-pasting from Steve Randy Waldman, uh, making the case that um, every American should have a Federal Reserve account or maybe a postal banking account. And that when you do, you know, when there's a recession, um, rather than the Fed sort of trying to like shove a tsunami of money into the Wall Street system and hope that some of it kind of leaks out to the broader economy, they could just do, they could just dial up people's bank accounts uh, directly, print that money, put it into people's actual, you know, like real life bank accounts. And that I feel like, would, would I mean that's that's sort of combination of fiscal and you know monetary policy at the same time, but that would be a much more direct and I think much more effective way to uh, you know deal with the sort of crisis of people not having enough money. There's not enough spending in the economy, right? Like, but that
2: yeah, that's a, that's a very good idea, and I think um, another thing they could do would be to offer support to state and local governments. Uh, buying their bonds yeah uh, and because uh, state and local governments are in terrible f- uh, fiscal state uh, shape right now, and uh, so there 's going to be a lot of cutbacks, which is both bad for the human dimension and the economic dimension yeah um, i 'm not sure they have whether they have the legal authority to do that, but they also don 't have the class instinct of doing that, but it would be certainly a, a more effective approach to this kind of problem than uh, just uh, showering money into the bond market
1: yeah so so I want to talk a little bit more about this uh the the sort of broader narrative you were you were mentioning before um that this this idea that there's a wall street you know that that this was a sort of populist uprising you know that that uh i i saw Glenn Greenwald on uh, Jimmy Dore's YouTube channel uh, uh, yelling that AOC was betraying the, you know, working class by not joining up with Ted Cruz to... uh,
2: I I saw that clip. I just, (laughs) uh, I was appalled by that. I think um, Greenwald has just become a totally obnoxious figure now. Dore was always an obnoxious figure. They're both bang idiots and... The uh the contempt towards AOC whose life was threatened. You right, know, I mean right. the idea that um uh, and, and 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 Greenwald was making that that mocking her in that baby talk, it was just appalling, the two of them. Um and you know, Greenwald at least has is a pretty smart fellow. Uh Dora is just like an idiot, I think. Um and he just doesn't understand anything. Yeah. But uh yeah, this idea that somehow She's supposed to work with Ted Cruz, who was part of the forces that really were threatening her life. It was just
1: surreal. Uh, I, I don't know what they're talking His about. His wife um, also but- works for Goldman Sachs. <laughs> <She's-> oh, <right.
0: laughs> no, it's 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 part of the grift. The, the grift of, of some of uh, these putative leftists who are making a lot of money. Um, by by doing this red-brown alliance and, and, and kind of, you know, interviewing the Boogaloo boys or whatever and trying to, to
2: I mean... Yeah, I used to think that uh, red-brown alliance talk was overdone, but I don't think that anymore. No, yeah. I've just been uh, watching exactly. door with the Boogaloo guy and the attack on AOC. Yeah. You know, AOC isn't perfect, but God, she is an extraordinarily talented politician. Right. Um, and um, really, uh, you know, basically on the side of the angels. And, you know, it's to have someone like that in Congress... Is a great, great thing. And who was talking about a Green New Deal before she started talking about it? It was, you know, many people have talked, you know, policy wonks have talked about it, you know, um, climate freaks have talked about it, but it became an object of very popular conversation. That's a remarkable. Development in a matter of just you know, months, it happened. Um, so I just have nothing but admiration for her and these people who are just making fun of her. There's misogyny involved, uh, and I, I don't know. I guess some degree of racism, um, but uh, and just, uh, but also impatience and ignorance that just uh, it's upsetting. Drives me crazy. It's, it's yeah, but like the idea that she is blocking Medicare for all. Like, like <laughs> Jimmy Dore seems to think is just it's insane. insane. But there's also this disease among people like Greenwald and Doerr that liberals are the major problem. And God knows, God, I, they I are spent, you know, the last 35 years yeah. denouncing liberals. Right. But, you know, we have an organized fascist movement storming the Capitol. Exactly. Uh, liberals are not the problem at this moment, you know. Um, <laughs> That's and, true. and also the, the Republican Party is, you know, full of absolute right-wing lunatics. Um, that's why we don't have Medicare for all. It's not because of AOC, and I just I don't understand what's motivating these people other than they just want you know clicks and uh, Patreon bucks.
1: Yeah, whatever it is, you know you you can say. I mean, I feel like in in some ways these 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 guys who present themselves as like super cynical, you know, just like kind of realistic, like revolutionary type of guys, they're not nearly cynical enough, you know, because.
2: We, well, you know, Max Horkheimer said cynicism is the worst kind of conformity.
0: So <laughs> Exactly right. Exactly right. You,
1: well, you, you, you know, we've we've explained how like it wasn't it probably wasn't a conspiracy that, you know, the, the, there were people working behind the scenes that Robin Hood, uh, you know, uh, uh, like was was going out and saying, oh, the Reddit guys have 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 cracked the code and they're are te- they're, they're they've figured out how to take the money from from our rich head fund buddies and instead it's just a lot of boring shit about how the wall street system is organized but the another way to look at that same story is actually wall street is is structured in such a way that the little guy cannot win that that maybe maybe occasionally you know some a, a few people can can sneak one over on the hedge funds they can notice a little thing and get a little bit here and a little bit there but in reality you look at the labor share of gdp you look at the corporate profits share of gdp you look at wall street share of corporate profits and it's like no the the table is tilted and this is not a serious way to actually help you know the the masses of people the the the, the total working class it's a way that uh, a few people could sort of like organize a pump and dumps like scheme and and like uh, ruin a few uh hedge funds and also by the way i don't know if we mentioned this before uh, the 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 price has fallen of gamestop and a lot of ordinary people lost their shirts there's a, a washington post uh, article about some, uh, you know, people that, that have, that, that bought at the top, which always happens in this sort of thing, just naive guys. And they got rooked. And one, this guy from the Netherlands, uh, he says, so the Reddit thing, I don't know if we mentioned this wall street bets, it's called wall street bets. He says, quote, being a part of wall street bets, it's like a religion you're devoted to. He said, on a Tuesday phone call from his parents' home, where in his bedroom he has hung out, he has hung up a printed-out meme image featuring Jesus Christ, the Virgin Mary, and Elon Musk, GameStop's logo shining from above.
2: Oh, good lord! I didn't see that. I, I just—I'm I'm no Christian, but pairing <laughs> Jesus Christ and Elon Musk really offends me.
0: It's uh, that's that's blasphemy
1: on another I, level.
0: I, I mean, Jesus is a forgiving guy, but even he said "fuck Elon Musk," so. <laughs> that's in scripture uh,
2: yeah, it's just you know um the little guy almost always gets shorn on whenever he gets uh, he- uh, steps into wall street i mean it's it's just um for any number of reasons but um there there are studies that I've seen over the years that something like ninety percent of the people who trade stocks and commodities lose money um and a lot of these reddit guys have been trading options um and Robinhood likes options because they make more money in options trading than they do in conventional stocks. Explain. Trading.
1: Explain what options are. Um, options are the
2: right to sell or to buy uh, a security a stock within a fixed period of time at a s- fixed price. So say uh, GameStop is selling for $100 now, um, and you buy a May 150 call. That gives you the right to buy... GameStop at 150 between now and May. Uh, uh or as uh that's 150 is way above the market price. Uh and because of that they're pretty cheap. So it's a really cheap way to speculate on big moves. So if you think that GameStop is going to 400, you buy this 150 call that you know, you got 3 or 4 months for this. Your, your hope or prediction to turn out to be correct and you can make a lot of money. Okay. Almost everyone loses money in those trades, but all these people have been buying out of the money options. So, but also when you buy options, the, the, the market makers, the people, you know, in the plumbing, as you put it, um, have to buy some stock just to make sure that this could be delivered. And that's another thing that was driving up the price was just these guys buying insane options, which they're almost certain to lose money on um causing uh this demand for the stock that would then you know when that demand disappeared the stock would collapse in price um so people who do those kinds of trades are almost always going to lose um years ago Merrill Lynch um used to have a uh, keep an indicator of what their um their smaller retail accounts were doing and use that as a guide to do the opposite. So if the small retail accounts were buying, they should sell. And if they were selling, they should buy. So that gives you an idea of what Wall Street professionals think. They're <laughs> um, you know, their, their lesser customers. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's pretty standard thinking in Wall Street, that when the little guy gets in, uh, take the other side of the trade, and maybe it's time to think about getting out.
0: Wow. This reminds me of, of the Audrey Lord quote that you can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. You know, I
2: always had doubts about that quote, but it really applies in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure,
0: Doug. Have you seen the film *Parasites*? The the...
2: no, okay. Well, I see very few movies, so
0: no. It, 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 I won't spoil it for anyone, but but it ends with like a Gramscian um, point about how even those devastated by capitalism turn to capitalist means to try to rescue themselves and um and that's you, talk- you said means not memes right <laughs> either or really either or yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Now i really feel my age with this meme culture It just seems oh so God. strange to me yeah it yeah. seems like the death of thought i
1: mean it's just, right uh, no it's it, true it's yeah i mean in some ways it's it, it, it is goofy and weird but it but it feels also that uh like I remember uh, uh, John Kenneth Galbraith's book, The Great Crash, which is a which is another good book to read. Maybe relevant in the near future. Um, it just talks about how the psychology of optimism and like making a quick buck could take hold of people. Um, and that's something like I feel myself a little bit, you know, like like just watching this story unfold and just looking at you know what could have happened. You look at back in mid twenty twenty when GameStop was selling at four dollars, and then when it was trading at you know over four hundred for 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 a few uh, hours one day, you're like, oh gosh, I could have made so much money. And then you know my rational mind catches up and is like, no, that's that's crazy talk. Don't do. It. But you think. If you're not – if you're a little less skeptical slash paranoid about investing in the stock market, you could see how ordinary people could get, get sucked into this. Um,
2: yeah. I mean uh, one of the greatest things ever written – perhaps the greatest thing ever written on speculative markets is the chapter 12 of Keynes's general theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's much of it is about the psychology, mob psychology of the financial markets. And uh, – Keynes himself was quite a successful speculator. And um, one of his uh, core beliefs in that, uh, the arguments that he makes in that chapter, is that um, the whole point of the market is not to figure out what's going to happen in the future in reality. The point is to figure out what other people are going to think is going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you need to anticipate common opinion. And Somebody like Keynes, who was, and I think this has something to do with, you know, his class origin, very aristocratic, a lot of contempt for uh, the masses. The masses are always wrong. Therefore, you have to figure out what the idiot masses are going to think a week or a month from now. Um, and curiously, you know, George Soros, another um, high-end liberal, um, has a similar approach towards investing. That one of the reasons that Soros is one of the great speculators of all time is that uh, he um, understands that kind of psychology and tries to move against it. You know, you, you want to find out when there are extremes of sentiment in one direction or other, uh, and, and and move against it. And uh, it's it's interesting that these two, you know, very aristocratic liberals have, uh, have this attitude. It has made them very successful investors. But yeah, it's just um, uh, people are just going to lose their shirts when they. they they jump into these markets. They almost always jump in at the wrong time, and that's because of this mob psychology. Uh, the, the most promising time to get into a market is when everything looks like hell. You know, it's yep. uh, you know buy when the streets are running with blood, as that uh, famous aphorism goes. Um, but uh, that's the hardest thing to do. You have to have nerves of steel and a great belief uh, in that, that in your own wisdom. Uh, and uh, the easiest time to get in is when it looks like everything is really great. But when everything looks really, really great, that means it's probably about to fall apart.
1: I did. I, I you know, to, to <laughs> toot my own horn a little bit. I remember in 2008 to 2009, whenever, when like the markets were crashing – I was thinking, boy, if I had any money, this would be the time to get in. Like when the stimulus passed, and it seems like everything was bottoming out, and like the market started going up again. I was like, dang, I wish I wasn't flat broke. I would, (laughs) (laughs) I would buy one stock.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Ryan longs to be Mr. Potter and clean up, you know, when he can. Uh, well, Doug, maybe it's time to talk about what we can do politically. And, 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 you know, there's a different discussion on the policy side in the abstract and then what kind of politics are required to get there. But maybe just in terms of policies, um, what, what's your view? You know, people talk about, uh, financial transaction taxes. They talk about, uh, wealth taxes. They talk about sovereign wealth funds. How, how do you view these very po- various policy options on the left and, and, and kind of what kind of politics uh, we should be thinking about?
2: Well, I think the first bit of political education I'd take out of this thing is to, it just proves how utterly preposterous these markets are, how divorced from economic reality, um, how little they have to do with improving human welfare. I, I quote Keynes. They have nothing to do with defeating the dark forces of time and ignorance. Um, <laughs> it's all yeah. about, as he also said, it's just about beating the gun and yeah. the – Absolute ludicrousness of this whole setup has been revealed in the last couple of weeks, um, and, and which is why it's doubly tragic that people have been invested these events with some sort of revolutionary significance. No, so, I mean you know uh, this is just utterly surreal and ludicrous, and um, this is and you know coming after a year, almost a year of the stock market rallying in the midst of um, uh, mass unemployment and death. Um, you know, I think you make a point that this, these markets are somewhere between you know irrelevant and absolutely malignant um so that that's the major point i'd want to make coming out of this um as for what to do about it transaction taxes are nice and i have to th- people come up with these projections of how much money you can raise from transaction taxes i have my doubts that you could raise that much if the tax was high enough the whole point um as with a wealth tax right really, to turn the activity too- yeah yeah, to to get yeah to deter trading okay. and to um uh you know pretty much tax billionaires out of existence as right. a class. Right. So all these projections of like you could tax the rich and pay for a welfare state. No, you can't. No, you want to yeah. tax the rich, there so there are. So they don't exist.
0: People. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, um, and well, you can make a you could probably raise some money in the interim, but that's really not. You know, They're not a perpetual ATM for uh, social programs. So, yeah, I would say wealth taxes uh, to decrease their wealth and power, transactions taxes to stop this kind of trading. But also, you know, um, I, there was a tweet I saw that was pretty funny that, um, you know, if, if what is it? If a couple of Redditors can uh, do this to the stock market, what, what do you think? We'll, we'll just see what a general strike could do. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know, I think uh, a little of that kind of general strike action would be nice too, just to, uh you know, um the markets have been celebrating for basically the, this, the bull market, the modern bull market took off in 1982 with little interruption, Uh some, you know, little upsets here and there. But basically, it's been straight up since 1982 um because the defeat of the working class and uh, the absolute political victory of capital. And uh, if you could reverse that um uh then uh these the markets would uh retreat in fear um which would be a beautiful that's the kind of thing I want to see not yeah. these uh ridiculous little um um thunderstorms of no lasting significance yeah, we
0: get some memes we need some general strike memes those are the memes we need
1: <laughs> yeah and my, i mean you know more broadly on a sort of like fundamental basis like uh I feel like what is what is driving a lot of the sort of sentiment you know the mob psychology as you say is this is it is this <clears throat> you know inaccurate perception that uh the the there's an easy victory here like like we can beat Wall street and make a lot of money at the same time just by like beating like beating them at their own game you know so like yeah
2: it's like the force to vote everyone is right, like, wants exactly. a shortcut. <laughs>
1: But but um no it's really hard work. Yeah, right. It 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 is very politically hard work. But if you're talking about, you know, the material security of of like the average person and and like every every American having a decent standard of living and so on and so forth. That is a politically hard lift, but uh, technically quite simple, you know, like like wrenching down the income distribution, doing, uh, uh you know, I mean, we we would just say like like post World War II financial regulations, if not slapping all like half of the equities in the you know U.S. stock market into a social wealth fund like a like a mutual fund that everyone owns collectively, and so you get you get the you know capital gains without like just automatically without having to do any trading on like sketchy Reddit forums. Um, these are things that would be technically simple. And uh like like the hard work of increasing economic production, you know, as a as a as opposed to like comp- saying if you're a, a, a English peasant in the like 1780s or something, and it's like, well, you know, some people are making a lot of money, but there really isn't that much to go around. There is so much production to go around right now. And it would be simple as a technical matter to uh, provide for everybody. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be like, okay, you know you made the right bet and you're now rich beyond the dreams of avarice. Now you have 50 million dollars or whatever. but you could say that for basically everybody in the country, uh, you have a secure standard of living. every you know you, you look your kids can go to go to school, you have a place to live, you can have a job that pays a decent wage you know, like a vacation once or twice a year, et cetera, et cetera. These, these things we can provide just by sort of, you know, d- doing technically what is quite simple and politically what is a monumental effort. And I feel like people are tr- trying, they're trying to switch between the two things be like, Oh, we c- we can have the shortcut, you know, to, 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 to like, going, going the wrong direction. We're going to reinforce the terrible, abusive, uh, neoliberal, uh, stock market hellscape. So that like 0.0001% of people on Reddit can make, uh, $50 million, uh, instead of saying what, you know, if we all band together, And and dismantle the stock market as it exists now and return, you know, the means of production to like the people as a whole, then we could all live in basically abundance without having to fuck around with all of these like speculative gambles. Right. Like this seems to me like a good utopia. (laughs) Rather-
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, yeah, you're right. The tech, the tech, the technical aspect of this could be pretty easily solved. The politics are real hard nut to crack. <laughs> though. Um, but uh, uh, you know, just thinking another thing that could be done uh, as a footnote to what I just were saying earlier, um, which is kind of related, to what you, you're just saying too, is an awful lot of what goes on in the financial markets is a, a form of um, um, self insurance or private insurance. Uh, so if we had uh, a much more generous social security system. We wouldn't need pension funds. We wouldn't need um, people to have retirement accounts, which only about half the population has retirement accounts, and most of those are pretty small. Um, but still, we wouldn't need that. You know, w- w- why would we need a stock market if people had you know decent retirement incomes? Um, and uh, you know, the, much the same uh, to have a, a decent welfare state. You know, if you just uh, compress the income distribution, took money from the top, gave some to the people on the bottom, uh, and everybody lived uh, a, a pretty secure um, life, um, we'd be much, much happier. Uh, this All this crap doesn't make people happier. I think, you know, like... Uh- Seeing the GDP triple or quadruple since nineteen eighty two has not made people happier. Seeing the, you know, the S and P uh, doubling and tripling over the course of a few years that doesn't really make people happier. It's just no. uh, it, If anything, it makes people more um, desperate and yeah. uh, and uh, and and alienated and sad.
0: Even Elon Musk and his polyamory is a miserable fuck, just like Trump. Like that, you know. It's just, <laughs> you know, they the, they think that they think that they're winning, but actually they're just immiserating others as well as themselves. But uh
2: Yeah, well yeah, Elon Musk is a miserable person. Although I really would like to have a Tesla would be for
0: that would be cool, yeah. So if he's listening, uh we'll take a free Tesla. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One for each of us.
0: <laughs> seems fair. Seems
1: fair. Me and Alexi can share. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well well Doug, any any final thoughts on, on the revolution or, or anything you want to add? Because uh, you know, I, I know that our audience would pre appreciate your insight uh at this at Yeah, this time. I think
2: my um The aphorism I came up for this is the revolution will not be monetized.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just uh, this idea that you can – you know, something I didn't quite understand is what these redditors thought would happen to the other side of the collapse that they were Mm -hmm. attempting to cause. So, you know, bring down a few hedge funds. What then? Yeah. Like, what do you do with this? Yeah. I I don't – you know, they're not thinking about that at all. Uh, but none of the people who are like, you know, even, you know, the Glenn Greenwalls are, are cheering them on. I don't know what they're thinking is going to happen at the other end of it either. Um, That's right. Uh, you know, I need, well, I can't Whereas, really figure out what Glenn know if, social philosophy is, if, but, you know, it's <laughs> just like any people who think this yeah, is somehow yeah. of broad political significance, other than revealing the complete fraud that the markets are, um, it's just, uh, it just it, I just don't understand what they're thinking.
0: No, it's true, right. And it's why I think, like, we can't escape... You know, the, the way that entertainment and these big stories can help political education. Cause we need, I think the squad and AOC and the fact that they're famous is great. We need to take advantage of that. But then we have like the shadow side, like the, the Jimmy Doors of the world, right? Are, are the opposite, the grifters. And, and we need to kind of like take advantage of, of the popularization of politics and, and, and radical leftism, uh, without ceding it to these, to these grifters. Um, and it's a tricky thing to do. So, you know, thank you for for your help. Yeah, and, and I worry that, you know, people like Dorr
2: are just uh, peeling away uh, a lot of people who could you know, be um, find better pursuits than listening to Jimmy yeah. Dorr. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Because, no, no. you know, a lot of them have their hearts in the right place. And they're just falling yeah. for this snake oil coming out of that guy's uh, hideous mouth.
1: That's right. Uh, very sad. But, you know, to end on a positive note, I will say that in the stock, in the frenzy of buying over AMC... Uh, they, they have, uh, last I checked, um, sold $200 million of stock into the bubble and retired, uh, at least $600 million of debt. And so if you've seen, if you've, if there is an AMC theater in your, uh, you know, neighborhood, it may be the case that this weird Reddit thing saved their, uh, hindquarters, Uh, and that (laughs) might be the most positive outcome to, 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 to end up, uh, coming out of this.
2: Um, yeah, I think AMC has enough money now on hand to get through July or August. So, you know, they may need some other intervention as if people don't start going back to the theaters.
1: I would love to see a movie, honestly, like I don't even (laughs) care what it is. I will watch the (laughs) Star Wars prequels.
0: doug after the pandemic come come join us we've got a great beer theater here in west philly you can come uh, come join oh, is us it,
2: you're in philly i didn't know where you were yeah yeah, yeah. we're
0: both in philly yeah we, we talked to, oh, to no, i have
2: um, my in-laws live we, uh, yes lisa mentioned Park. this
0: yeah 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 we're right near yeah, there yeah. we're blocks away oh okay yeah
2: all right
1: well well thank you all right we gotta let you go doug uh but thanks for coming on and explaining all this complicated finance bullshit to us and uh you know giving us a straight <laughs> dope we really appreciate hey, you it You're always welcome back me. on Read okay. Wall Street, folks. It is really good. Honestly, uh uh you, you know, you're not allowed in the left unless you haven't read that unless you've read that book. So
0: And listen to behind the news. <laughs> thanks, Doug. Right, great, thanks, pr- thanks, appreciate thanks. you.
1: Good great talking to you guys. Take care. Cheers,
0: my friend. Okay, Stay, say hi bye. to Eliza for us. Okay.